0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcast.org Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This, this episode is a tribute from 5731. Uh, this is Igras Moshe Orachaim Chelik Gimel from uh, Rabbi Yaakov uh, Dardak. Uh, the question is: If you have um, utensils of the kind that require tzvila, and um, there's a suffix if they have been made in a Jewish factory, therefore don't require tzvila. Um, so you tovel them with a bracha. You tawel, can't tovel them with a bracha if there's a if there's a suffix, So the question is: Can you tovel them without a bracha? Uh, or even not tovel them, um, or, um, or you have to uh, investigate all the ways. So uh, Moshe says, um, generally what we say is make it right, tovel, right, if, there's a, if there's a suffix, so then you tovel them without a bracha, and if they're glass, he says, which he holds there, right, the tefila is only there is a chiv but it's the Then he says, Yesh makom there is space to be lenient. Uh, that you don't have to tovel these kalim at all. The Safik D Rabalakula. Um However he says, uh well, Kavan Shirov Ame Fshr Livar. Um but because in most cases you can clarify it, so I think when he says that it's Savik Rabban Lakula, uh what he really means is that there isn't even a uh, Amir <laughs> um, Hamatsui. but he says about Kavan Shirov haim efiravar, most times you can clarify it. Shalokhain ain't lah <laughs> shivzella safek. So here he uses the language again um, that he used, that he used by gelatin. He says, "Let's, but since there's still some capacity to clarifying, it's not really a doubt." Correct. Um, but we have to, you know, be nuanced in his language. He says, Kavan should be happy So maybe. Um, we can say that, you know, if there's a double level of suffering, right, in order for something to be considered F. Shara it has to be most of the time capable, right, we don't, rec- right, if there's a 10% chance of gaining additional evidence, or, t- or a fifth, right, unless there's a 50% chance, at least, maybe it has to be 51% chance of gaining additional evidence, you don't have to, um, bother to um, to engage in it, right? This, it's because we could you know, raise interesting statistical questions. Is there a difference between a fifty percent chance of evidence that has a five percent chance of changing your mind, and a um, you know a five percent chance of obtaining evidence that has a fifty percent chance of changing your mind? He seems to be here formally saying that the question is what are the uh, what are the uh, the overall odds that you can gain additional clarity. Um, right. Let's leave that formulation for now. And he says, in such a case, we view you as being lazy when you don't clarify. Right. So we don't, and therefore we don't call it, we don't call it a um, we don't call it a suffolk. He doesn't talk about how difficult it is to clarify or not. Uh, it's interesting to me that he thinks that um, you can generally clarify whether utensils were made in a Jewish factory. I'm not sure uh, what he means. Maybe I guess he thinks you can look up the. You can, I don't know what he, whether he, I, 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 he thinks maybe corporations and uh, then you could look at you could know of the corporations are majority shareholders. It's an interesting claim um, that uh, just you know, the, the reality claim that you can investigate this is not obvious to me and therefore he says um, what he thinks is that even though there's Yeshma makom kill, that you don't have to tovil uh, glass caleb that have some degree of suffix that they were made in a jewish factory in practice you should have to tell you should tell them without a bracha uh, which he thinks is better than requiring you to investigate because what do you lose if you're told without a bracha that's also something that one could uh, conceivably discuss um, however if they're right if they are um, from a non-jewish factory then he thinks that even glass has to be uh with a bracha right issue independent of our issue. Therefore, he says, Calim that come, um, again, this is in Tufshin Laman Aleph, uh, kalem that come from Japan or China where uh, there are no Jews. Uh, that is obviously no longer true if it was true then, but where there are probably not many Jews who own uh, tableware fact- uh, factories. Um, and even he thinks those who come from from Europe, he thinks that you can be tovel with a bracha, because most of them are non-Jews, and he doesn't require further investigation there. Uh, so maybe he thinks you can only, it's the only easy thing to investigate Kalim that are produced in the United States, but once you get to bringing Kalim from abroad, uh, either he thinks the odds that they're Jewish are so low, but he says Robe, he doesn't say overwhelming Robe, he doesn't say so it might be that he thinks that really investigating things in foreign countries was too much of a bother, we could question whether that is still the case when uh, long-distance phone calls are cheap and, and on, uh, generally on uh, fixed plans, uh, often on fixed plans anyway, and you have the Internet. Um, okay, but then, uh, and then he says uh, a couple of other interesting things. Um, uh, he says you might think that what matters is not uh, whether it's the factory's own but who the workman is because of the principle umankone b'shevach kli. But he says, A, that doesn't work in factories. And it makes a very interesting claim. We have to explore different contexts because what makes the klik is the machine and not the person. And the people running the machines are considered to be assisting the machines. They're not remaking the pot in the way in uman did in in Talmudic time. The second reason, so we shouldn't confuse them, which is that the workers aren't craftsmen who are paid by the piece. They're paid by the hour, and therefore they certainly don't acquire it. Um, the utensils, but it's really interesting to me is the claim that um, that workers in factories are assistants to the machines. Now, I don't think that he thinks this about matzah in quite the same way, so it's worth investigating uh, what his standards are for when the machine is carrying out the will of the human, and when the human is simply assisting the machine, and can distinguish distinguish between purposes of tefillah uh, and purposes of uh, of um, kavanah Kavana lishma in the context of Matzah and other things. Okay, but for our purposes in the context of Asher Levar, right, the key issue here is that Ravosha makes a reality claim, which may or may not um, that. Um, and he right, in which he says that that such but um, you can clarify at least in items manufactured in the United States whether the manufacturer was Jewish or not Jewish. And he introduces this new standard of since most of the time you can clarify um and right and that might um it that might introduce leniencies in other areas where even if there is a you know, a possibility of gaining really uh, important evidence if the odds of obtaining it are low uh we might say well then it's a suffix because you because you're not being lazy and if it's a real suffix um and there is and right and it would take effort to investigate um then um then